You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, and welcome to another edition of the Aaron Says What Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today we have a special one. It is number two with Corolla Digital producer Gary Smith. I promised him some MMA on the last podcast. I did not deliver, so we are going to try to rectify that situation, and I am going to try to get him on the horn right now. Hey, Gary Smith, this is Aaron Weinbaum. Can you hear me? Aaron, how's it going? Hey, great, man. Just uh, adjusting the sound just a little bit here. Uh, great to talk to you again. All right, perfect. Are you, and uh, you're in the car, from what I understand? No, right now I'm actually at the office. Oh, good deal. Cool, cool. I, did, I, I was a little nervous about you driving and, and talking to me at the same time. Oh, no, I schedule all my phone calls from the car. It's actually helpful. Um, the times I do my commute, I'm, I'm usually stuck under 20. 30 miles an hour most of the way so uh <laughs> not a, not a worry there but right now i'm in the uh original corolla studio which we've turned into a conference room and a uh, bunch of bunch of other stuff going on here the adam corolla show is going on right now so i've kind of got the room to myself oh that's awesome so you don't have to do anything while the show's going on i typically i listen to it and try to help out where i can in terms of uh you know just stuff that i'm a little bit more conditioned to but i uh i don't have to be doing anything and i'm I usually take other business calls and stuff during it, so I just close the door for uh, for this, and now I'm talking to you. That's awesome, man. Um, so uh, last time we interviewed, we, we talked about quite a few things, but I kind of went against a promise. I, I we didn't talk any MMA, and, and I yeah. felt I felt bad about that. And uh, you reminded me, like right at the end, I mean, it was a very good conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff, and somehow uh, I forgot to talk about MMA. So I owe you one, and. We are coming up on what is probably the best main card in a while, and I'm super Certainly excited. Certainly the best about card that. in 2018. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, last week's was pretty good in St. Louis, and I missed it. It's an hour and a half from my house, and I, and I had every intention of going, but uh, I would have had to yeah. left a couple of my sons out, and I couldn't do it. It wouldn't. It wasn't yeah. worth it. It wasn't. That was a bummer, but uh, I thought it was a good show. I mean, it was a it was a good card. I really enjoyed it. I watched it uh, beginning to end. I really I wasn't disappointed by much of it at all. No, me neither. And it it was it was a free card. Dana White showed up. Matt Hughes walked out. It was really cool. It was really cool. But uh, besides that, Hughes thing was great. It really was. It Uh, was. They they did that right. They didn't screw it up, which uh, they haven't always been a hundred percent at stuff like that. But that was done correctly. I thought. So, so for those uh, MMA fans that don't know, Matt Hughes was sitting in his truck and got hit by a train, like on the tracks. They, they thought he was done, and uh, you know that's a fighter spirit for it. he. He came back. He he made the walk last night, and uh, oh, oh, two nights ago. Sorry, today's Tuesday. This holiday's messing me up, and and we have what a bit of a snow day here where I'm from, so that's screwing things up as well. But uh, no snow there, right? No, I, I'm. Uh, I, I had to debate whether or not to wear shorts or, or jeans today. So uh, definitely nah. no snow here. I'm I'm rocking jeans and a t-shirt, and I'm more than comfortable. Wow, that that sounds great. Uh, we're gonna get up in the 40s and 50s here in the next few days. That'll seem warm. You know, at the beginning of the year, everyone bundles up and and puts their winter stuff on in 40 degree weather. I imagine by Thursday, everyone's gonna be opening their windows. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, 40 degrees uh, on the East Coast, I know from a lot of my uh, relatives. Depending on the time of year, 40 degrees feels like a gift. Yeah, I, I can't wait, personally. Now, th- there's been quite a bit happened since the last time I talked to you, MMA-wise, with me anyways. I uh, got to interview Al Iaquinta, which was awesome. You know, he's a super good sport, uh, a fan of my parody account of of him, which is uh, you can find at Iaquinta Realty. But even more interesting than that, I sent you the link. I don't know if you ever got it or not. Somebody invited me on their podcast thinking I was the real ally Aquinta and I pulled it off. Yeah, you did send me the link. I didn't have a chance to listen, but I, uh, I, I laughed about that for quite a while. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, also, don't sell yourself short. You were, uh, you were referenced on the MMA hour a couple of times. I was. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 
the man in question just got a fight announced for is it UFC 223. It is UFC 223 against Paul Felder in Brooklyn. So that should be nice. I believe that takes place in April. And yeah, uh, that's going to be awesome. I, I got to say this about Paul Felder. He is, he's a good sport as well. I, I said something to him on Twitter. I, uh, in, in my parody account, of course, I just basically said, uh, I'm going to take you down and make you say escrow. And he retweeted it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. That was a fun back and forth. Um, here's hoping that uh, the the uh, second venture out to uh, to Barclays is a little bit less uh, fraught with controversy. I don't want to call that card boring. I thought that card was okay, but yeah. uh, famously Dana, you know, talking shit about how the best part about it was his flight home, which uh, enraged a lot of fighters, including Al. Yeah, I didn't think that was a terrible card, but I mean, I didn't either. You know, I mean, people are going to perform like they're going to perform. You put one like on Sunday, you put one on free TV. You're thinking it's not going to be one of the greatest, and it turned out being a pretty darn good card. You know? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for St. Louis, and then there was, uh, you know, there was the the pullout kind of at the last second. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised. I I really enjoyed that show from beginning to end. Yes, yeah, so there's two guys. I had to pull out Uriah Hall. Uh, he couldn't make it to the scale for whatever reason. And then um, Zach Cummings slipped in the bathtub and fractured his skull from what I understand. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I was referring to Uriah Hall, but yeah, the, uh, the, the Felder thing was, uh, was sad too, because that's not, you know, you can say what you want about Uriah Hall and about the ethics of how he was doing his weight cut. And obviously Dana's yeah. been in the news lately for saying some, in my opinion, controversial things about that, but uh, the slip and fall in the bathtub, I mean, or, you know, getting out of the bath, that can happen to anyone. And that's yeah. just, that's devastating for, to think about two guys who have gone through, you know, six or eight weeks of intensive training and then to have something as simple as that slip it up. That's just, that's, that's very sad. I mean, how hard do you have to bonk your head to fracture your skull? That, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. But now there's been some interesting things, at least from my end. Okay. I mean, you are, associated with a vast number of podcasts and uh you know the most famous one obviously the adam carolla show but my favorite out of the bunch is ace on the house which at the time was hosted uh with adam carolla and ray oldhofer so my surprise i listened last week and uh ray's gone there's no more ray it's uh eric stromer and adam carolla now i guess at this point there's probably no second show but is there anything you can tell me about that i was devastated um, yeah, I, uh, there's not a lot I can tell you that hasn't already kind of been said. Um, sorry, I'm just getting a G chat from somebody who, uh, isn't aware that I'm doing this. Um, no, no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot I can tell you that hasn't already been said. Um, Adam, you know, we had Ray on the cruise this year. Right. Um, Adam for a long time has been all over Ray about, uh, taking an improv class and, you know, to a lesser extent, not wasting his time going to therapy with Adam's father, um, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, all very well documented. And, um, you know, when we went on the cruise this year, uh, Adam had apparently uh, communicated to Ray to have some stories ready. And I, I talked to Ray right before we got on the boat and I said, hey, man, you absolutely need to have some stories ready. Uh, there were a few things that I don't know if they've ever been discussed and I don't really want to tell tales out of school, but a few things happened to Ray in Miami uh, before we ever got on the cruise that I was privy to. And I, I kind of said to him, hey, man, you got to have some stories ready. Uh, the stuff that happened last night, you know, A, B and C, these things that I that, you know, these would be good stories, have them ready, you know, just have something when he the first thing he's going to say to you when he sees you tomorrow, because Adam came in a day later than us uh, on the cruise. So he arrived. He landed in Miami airport with about 90 minutes, maybe 75 minutes wow. between when he landed and when the boat was leaving. So it was, that was a, uh, kind of a hold your breath day for a lot of us on the staff, because if there had been weather or a delay or a fuel spill or anything, Adam could have missed the boat, um, quite literally. Wow. And, uh, when I said, you know, as soon as he gets on the boat, as soon as he sees you, he's going to say, what do you got? And <clears throat> Uh, they had apparently had a, uh, a conversation that I wasn't privy to where Adam had specifically requested uh, stories from their childhood. And when Adam got on the boat, 
I was standing there and Ray, he came up to Ray and he said, Ray, what do you got? And Ray said, I got locked out of my hotel room last night. <laughs> and Adam said, what do you got from childhood? And he said, I can come up with something. And Adam said, okay. And walked away and went on stage and said, I'll bring you up later and never brought Ray up as you, you heard in that podcast that we aired. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was sort of the very, very small straw that broke the camel's back. Um, he just, you know, uh, he just decided that um, he had done everything he could to try to correct the behaviors that were vexing to him. And it was apparent that that wasn't going to do anything. And therefore, he decided to move on without Ray. I, I have heard I've heard possibilities that um, that may not be permanent, but yeah. at the, for the time being, um yeah, he's moving on. He's gonna go with Stromer and see what's uh see what the change is for twenty eighteen. Wow. Well I like Stromer. I I think he's he's a he's a funny guy. He uh he's very happy to be there, that's for sure. And uh you know, you just had that whole dynamic with Ray and Adam, you know, growing up as kids and and, and you know, that kind of back and forth. But uh man, that's funny because I you know, I texted you. I'm like, you tell me Ray's gone. I'm devastated. And, and I'm sure a lot of people reached out to you. But then I went back and checked Ray's Twitter. And there it was. He's going through the steps of improv. I'm like, okay. I mean, that kind of made sense to me what you said now. You know, obviously he, uh, you know, on the show, it talks about he does, he had improv. He only went once and uh, once or twice maybe and never came back. And then he was listing the steps of the improv on his Twitter. So that was entertaining also. Yeah. Um, a, let me apologize for not getting back to you. No, um, I, I don't. I don't worry about it. No, no, it's a combination of I, I, I do want to explain because I felt sort of bad when you texted me, um, you know, yesterday about setting this up, and I saw the last text from you, and I realized that was you. It's a combination of I didn't have your name saved, so it just came up as a number, which there are a not a large number, but I would call it surprising number of fans who have my cell phone number. So <laughs> I get texts from fans asking me questions, and I largely ignore them, but. Uh, I was also in the middle of a little bit of a social media kind of blackout because I was waiting for Adam to address the way my job was changing and stuff like that. Ooh. So um, I apologize for not getting back to you, but yeah, um, it was uh, it was surprising. I mean, listen, everyone here loves Ray. I I don't think that I I don't I think I can speak for pretty much everyone in this building when we say that when I say that we all love Ray and no one was really happy with this change. But that's from a personal level and a, oh my God, like this is going to be awkward type of level. Right. But at the same time, I think that if you sat everyone down and laid it out the way that Adam laid it out, I don't think there's really many people here who could argue, who who could make a case to Adam that right. he was being unreasonable. Well, so it, it's, it, it was tough. It's bittersweet. I personally hope that it's not permanent. I would love to have Ray back and I would love to continue you know, even if it's on a, you know, monthly guesting, you know, type of schedule or something right. like that. But I would love to have Ray involved. Um, I just, you know, we'll see. But uh -huh. I have, I did hear at some point Adam say something about this is what we're doing for now and we'll see. So, yeah, who knows? Well, in him and uh, him and Stromer had a good dynamic as well. And this is got to be tough for you because on the last podcast, you said you and you and Ray were friends. You went and golfed together. You know, you spoke off camera. Yeah, absolutely. Ray and I have golfed together several times. I mean, it, it's a little different now that I've moved down to Orange County. It's it's a lot harder than harder for me to uh, find the time to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was living in North Hollywood, Ray and I would, I mean, there was a six month period there where Ray and I were golfing once a week. Um, and, you know, just hanging out. I mean, Ray is on Twitter because one day he complained about not being on Twitter. I drove over <laughs> to his house, a six pack of beer, and we sat there for four hours and I taught him how Twitter worked. Nice. I mean, Ray and I, Ray and I are good friends. I mean, we, he'll, you know, we call each other and talk about stuff that has nothing to do with work on a regular basis. I, I love Ray. And, you know, not everyone here has that same extracurricular outside of work relationship with him, but right. everyone here has a very good relationship with him. And, you know, we're all very close friends and we enjoy Ray. I could be, you know, a super fan, a super fan and pretend to know what goes on, uh, behind Corolla Digital's closed doors. I don't, other than what you tell me on the podcast, but just listening to Ace in the House, I've heard him warn him multiple times, like, Hey, you got to get an improv class is what we're trying to do. And, uh, so I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I'm sure there's 
more to Not that. Not much. <laughs> I mean, they they have their off their off mic uh, encounters, but it's you know you're talking uh, ninety seconds to two minutes. Uh, for each 60-minute Ace on the House episode. There's right. not a lot that gets shared off air just because the way Adam's schedule works, it's like Ray will be here you know, 25, 30 minutes early for a podcast, and mm-hmm. he'll talk with me and Matt or me and Chris or whomever. But by the time Adam gets here, it's straight in the studio and let's go. And then the way especially Ace on the House works, there's a podcast right after. So they'll come out and there's a little whatever, but then they're they're very much gearing into CarCast or whatever podcast is next. So, you know, I, that's, that's from my point of view. I, I don't know what private conversations they have right. on the weekends or, you know, after the workday that I have absolutely zero interaction with. But um, there's not a lot of, not a ton of behind the scenes, at least in this building. It's just, you know, they've kind of, Adam's been asking for the same thing for a long time. And right. He didn't get it, and he reacted. I, like I said, you sit Adam down, and you put any employee here in front of him, and say, "All right, are you against this?" And it's kind of hard because Ray has been given the opportunities. Oh wow! Well, there you have it. Uh, a lot of it is out in the open in the Corolla Digital world. So what you hear is what is what's going on a lot of the time. Then that's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, and I. I would hope that if Ray heard everything I just said, he would know that although I I say, you know, it's hard to make a case for Ray, I do love Ray and would try to make that case. I don't think I would be successful arguing with Adam, you know, or anyone who argues the way Adam does, which is purely logical, you know, lay out the facts. You know, it's not Adam will not have an emotional argument with you. He will only argue if he's right, which he has said numerous times before. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, if he says Gary, I told Ray 17 times in the past nine months to take an improv class. He was, I gave him an opportunity on a live television show on a major network, you know, not major network, on a cable network spike and told him to take an improv class. Did he do that? No. (laughs) Would you like to keep employing that person on something that is entertainment based that you should presumably be sharing the load of entertainment with? Yeah. Well, Maybe not ideally. I, ideally, I'd like that person to take the improv class the second or third time they were told. So it's, you know, I love Ray, and I would hope that if he listened to this, he would understand what I'm saying, which is I love him. I think that show is very entertaining, improv yeah. class or no, and I would like to have him back. But sitting down with someone super analytical who is going to come at me with arguments like that, I, it's hard to really be defensive of that person. All right. You hear that, Ray? He loves you. I love you. Now, now you have that on the flip side, you have Gina grad who's taking every improv class she can and doing whatever she needs to do. Is that correct? Is that a question? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was kind of a question, but Um, I I hear her talking about it. I listen, I Gina grads, Gina is someone that I will text probably about once a quarter. Yeah. I will just text her completely unsolicited just to tell her how much I love her and how much I value her work ethic and how much I really enjoy working with her. Um, she's just a pro. She's been doing radio for uh, shit. I don't know. It was probably since around the time I was born. That's not a dig at your age, Gina, if you're listening. To <laughs> um, but she, you know, her dad's been in, in uh, radio for, uh, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say 40 or 45 years. Um, so she was kind of raised on it and it's, she's just, she's absolutely a pro. And, um, I think that she's, when she is told something, um, you know, usually by me or by Adam via me, um, at least until recently, uh, Adam would give me a note and I would give it to Gina. She listens and she does exactly what it is that she is asked. And, uh, that's not necessarily, the trait that Ray is, is strongest in Ray, you know, it's, um, she's very open to note taking and kind of understanding. I I think, I guess the easiest way to put it would be there's a difference in that Gina grad is a hired gun. She is a radio news girl who Mm -hmm. was hired to be the radio news girl for the Adam Carolla show. Right. Ray Oldhofer is Adam's best friend. So, I'm certainly guilty of my best friends telling me to do things and me telling them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Excuse me if this is That's a no, you're good. show, but it's, yeah. you know, I just, certain best friends of mine, especially the ones that go back to grade school, they'll tell me, 
you know, whatever. You look like an idiot in those jeans or whatever <laughs> it is. And I'll tell them to go fuck themselves because I can't. <laughs> because they're my friends and yeah. ultimately nothing's going to happen if I tell them to shut up or tell them that I don't agree with their opinion. So I think there's a different dynamic there for Ray versus Gina, which is Gina's a hired gun who wants the job, right. likes the job, you know, wants to continue in the job. Whereas Ray is Adam's friend and Ray, you know, doesn't necessarily cling to the notes. And the difference also there is, is that Ray's not necessarily getting them with the same kind of filter that Gina is. You know, right. Gina gets stuff filtered through me where I am able to take some time after listening to whatever Adam has said or in certain cases yelled at me and then filter it in a way where, okay, how is this going? How, how do I best deliver this to Gina so that she understands what Adam wants and what to give Adam? Whereas Adam's not, Adam's very oftentimes, as you've heard, just screaming at Ray on the air in a medium that Ray and Adam both know will be consumed by fans, you know, telling Ray that he has to take an improv class and that he's a loser for not doing it. And that, you know, it, so it's, you know, it's different when you're hearing it from Adam on the air. And it's also different when Adam is doing it in a way where he is trying to create entertainment and right. trying to bring the funny for the listeners, as opposed to Adam telling me, you know, hey, I want Gina Grau to do a little bit less of this. And then I get to take that and mold it into a way where I'm telling Gina one on one with no microphones in sight what he wants and what he wants less of and what he wants more of. That's just a very different dynamic. Well, from a listener point of view, you know, non-professional whatsoever, but like Gina is very good at amplifying what Adam does, you know, whether he's telling a joke or, or he has a subject in what you're talking about earlier. This is what I tell my kids all the time where she, you know, you said she does what she's told to do. She's taking notes. I tell my kids all the time, you know, I've had, I've worked with a lot of people and, and I've had a lot of people come and go. And when you tell your kid that, Hey, you know, you try harder everyone else, you show up earlier, you take notes, you listen, you be quiet, you know, because not everyone does that. That is 100% true. And that's how you get ahead in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, not to, I don't want to couch out a Ray, but like I said, it, right. it is different to have someone tell you that as opposed to have someone yell that at you on the air in a medium that you know is going to get consumed by others and others are going to then jump in with their thoughts yeah. it's it's just a little bit different um does that mean that ray shouldn't have realized the 12th time that he was yelled <laughs> at on the air that that was probably something to listen to uh yeah he probably should have but you know it's it's just it, it's just different dynamics i really think that the friendship aspect of it um no, I understand. Listen, I, I live. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Adam. Just oh, Adam just broke. He took a break on his show and kind of walked up to the window of the room I'm in. And sorry, I got distracted. Oh. But yeah, I, I think it's just a, a slightly, a slightly different type of thing. But yeah, it's you know. Well, I'm in a small town, man, and I've tried to do business with friends and and work with friends, and you know, out of all my friends, I mean, there's maybe one or two I can still have that working relationship with because. You know, you try to tell them something's wrong and, and, and a lot of it's, you know, construction and contracting, that kind of stuff. You try to tell them something's wrong. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, you're picking on me. I'm like, no, man, it, you, you got to fix it. I'm not going to pay you. You got to fix it, you know? And, yeah, uh, absolutely. and finally, I just kind of had to walk away. There's just one or two I, I can do business with. I mean, listen, this is a, this is how small of a town I'm living in. I was almost late recording this because there's a grocery store every once in a while that has sirloins for $4 a pound. And I had to run and get some real quick before I got home and they <laughs> ran out. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, after I have deep friendships with all the people I work here, work with here now, but uh, they're all based on us working together and I would not go into business uh, with any of my friends that I made just based on a mm -hmm. social you know, level, like my, my existing friends, my college friends, like there's very few that I would even consider going into business with. And even the ones that I might consider it, I would be very, very cautious. No, yeah. And that's just kind of the way it is. I hate that. And then you seem to be professional with these people you've never met before, but you know, you just can't have that dynamic with someone you grew up with or went to school with. And it's just very rare that that can, that can happen or survive, I guess. Right. It's not necessarily sustainable. All right. But no, not at all. Um, now, what do you say? 
I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you off this podcast without picking some fights. What do you say you pick we pick the main card and this is for UFC Oh man, is it two twenty one or two twenty? I am confused. Two twenty. Two twenty, okay. Yeah, because two twenty one is Rockhold and uh now Yoel Romero, but we'll get to that one later. Yeah, um I listen, I'm I would love to pick some fights in the main card. Uh I gotta be honest, yeah. I started looking at the card yesterday after I spoke with you. I feel like I'm pretty deep in MMA these days. Okay. I think I told you, you know, off the air or maybe, maybe it was mentioned on the last, uh, last podcast that I kind of got back into UFC after, uh, a long hiatus around 195 or 196. Yep. Um, but since then I've been pretty deep. I'm, I'm listening to the MMA hour all the way through every single week. I'm, wow. I feel, I feel like I'm in it. I'm listening to the MMA beat. I'm listening to Fighter and the Kid. I'm, list, I'm listening to a lot of stuff. I'm watching every card. I started looking down the list here. I am kind of not recognizing many names outside of the two championship fights, and I'm sort of <laughs> embarrassed about it. No, listen, I, I, this is why I said we're going to pick the main card because out of the, you're right, out of all these names, it's it's really three or four of these fights that stand out to me, and a lot of these guys, I don't know who they are, except for maybe Glyson Tebow. He's been around forever. but Yeah. Uh, that was one of the ones I recognized, but I, I'm not necessarily recognizing the guy who he's fighting, and that looks like it's the opening fight of the card. Um, Thomas Almeida is another one that I yep. recognize versus Rob Font, but I'm not super uh, familiar with Font. But, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to go through it, and uh, I'll let you lead the way. All right. Well, we're going to pick the top four, and now this will be supplemented on a podcast. I just secured the name today, MMA Fight Picks. Now, I can't oh, believe this name, name is not taken and I sincerely hope I get that all finalized before this podcast comes out because someone's going to steal it, probably. I can't believe it wasn't out there. And so I was thinking about naming it Good Sports because it supplemented off this one, but I feel like that's been done before. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so this will be also on a, you know, this will continue on the long form interview podcast as well. This will be the first one of its type on the MMA Fight Picks podcast, and it will be featured on MMASucka.com as well. So. With that being said, what do you say we pick Thomas Almeida versus Rob Font? Well, as reference moments ago, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with Almeida just because I recognize him. I, but I don't. I want to be very clear that that's not necessarily the most informed pick. Yep. Um, I'm look. I've been looking at the odds. It looks like Almeida's the favorite, but mm-hmm. not by a ton. One seventy minus one seventy five versus plus one thirty five. So I'm going to go with Almeida, but I don't have a lot of intelligence behind that. Yeah, I mean, both these guys are slugger. You know, um, Rob Font has had some bold finishes. See what I did there? And uh, <laughs> But I, I got to go with Almeida as well. Uh, he He's a little bit more seasoned, I think. He's got more wins than losses. I think Rob Font's gone back and forth a few times. So I'm with you on uh, Thomas Almeida. I don't really have a method of victory, but I think he's going to get the nod. But like you said... Either way will not uh, surprise me. Now, I have to pick this next fight. I don't know who Francisco Mar Barrasso is, but I do know who Jean Violante is because he follows my Al account and he provided me with my background picture on said account. So God bless him for that. And, and it's one with uh, Al and the American flag in the background. Oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a great picture. That is a great picture. It was, I believe, it was a Cerro Longo photo shoot and a lot of those pictures have disappeared somehow they, they were all over the place and i was trying to look for a different one and, and now they're just gone but uh barrasso versus volante i can't imagine why uh why ally quinto would want a t-shirt a picture of him with no shirt and a gold chain oh, and a jacket on <laughs> apparently in this photo shoot as well he was uh, you know they were all dressed up in their suits and whatnot and i, and I guess al had flip-flops on god love al if you're listening out, yeah, I love you, man. <laughs> I think I heard him talking about that. And by the way, what is it that he's holding there? Because that looks like the size there looks a lot closer to a blunt than a cigar. So I'm not, I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything. But what, what are we doing there, pal? Uh, uh, Usada, that was a cigar, I believe. So yeah, I, believe, I thought it was a I cigar. I didn't even think it was Golden a blunt. Snitch wants to hear that that's a cigar. Wow. No, I, I didn't even consider that. So now I got to go back and look at that. So. All right, I'm gonna go back and look at that. <laughs> well, I'm working with the I'm working with the uh, benefit of being at the office, so I've got my computer right in front of me. So oh. when you referenced that I pulled it up. That's not from memory. Look at you go. That's awesome. I uh, yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, I'm recording with my computer in front of me too, but I'm not so good that I can edit out the typing. So I, I try to not do that so much. But I have my 
I have my iPad off to the side just in case I need to look something up, but not not this time. But uh, well, if any of the uh, if any of the typing on my end bled through, I'm sorry, but it's nope. uh, it's a little unavoidable in the middle of work day. I got to be able to answer stuff, so uh, you're good. You're good. It's just kind of second nature to me. But okay. yeah, um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that when it comes to that one, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think Gian Volante is that how you pronounce his first name? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be my pick. Mostly, once again, and you're going to see a pattern here until we get to the uh, the two championship fights. <laughs> that's the name I recognize, and uh, it, it appears uh, I picked before I did look, but it appears that he is also coming off as the favorite in that fight as well. Um, so I think that we might both be safe there, but uh, you know, listen. It, we've seen all kinds of crazy shit happen I, in the past year and there's no end in sight when it comes to stuff like this. I think Volante has lost a few in a row and I think, I think they want him to win. They like him. Um, I, I hope he rebounds and comes back. Now, if you've ever, if you've ever been to a UFC before and seen a, a Sarah Longo fighter, all you can see is Ray Long, or all you can hear rather is Ray Longo and Matt Sarah yelling at their fighter in the corner, like above the crowd. It's the most amazing thing I've, I've ever seen live. And, uh, now, the problem with that is you can see that Volante does not follow instructions. So I hope in this fight he listens to his corner and uh, he pulls it off because he's a cool dude. He uh, interacts with my Iaquinta account. So I got to root for him. Yeah, I'm rooting for him too. We'll see. But uh, I, I hope that he'll uh, he'll prevail. All right. Now let's go. Let's go with the two championship fights here. Now I hope I don't butcher his name because I looked it up. I I, I want to uh, I want to get this right. I actually got these both both down, so I'll help you out. If all you right, all right. Daniel Cormier versus Volkan Ustamir. Yep, that's uh, that's my understanding of it of it as well. That is for the two hundred and five pound light heavyweight championship of the world. All right. When it comes to these two fights, can we do two different picks? I, I would prefer to, if, if you're okay with it. I'd like sure. to do who I am rooting for and who I want to win versus who I would put my money on. You bet. Okay. So in this particular fight, when it comes to Cormier versus Ozdemir, Ozdemir rather, um, I, I would like to see Cormier win. Right. I'm a big Daniel Cormier fan. I think that the way that he carries himself is great. I think that it's, it's very rare to see him fired up, but when you see him fired up, especially when it comes to John Jones, um, you know, that famous uh, unaired ESPN thing where they're sitting in different <laughs> studios and talking to each other through the earpieces. Yeah. Um, when he gets fired up, he can talk shit. Are you I there, like pussy? It. I remember that. He, he does it differently than John Jones does and whatever. But, you know, when, when John Jones, pussy, you still there? You still there, pussy? <laughs> that was so and funny. Then Cormier, and Cormier just, you can just see the rage. And I, I love it. Like, because he doesn't, that doesn't just come out when no. it comes to a fight. You haven't seen him get that animated about Vulcan. So I, I really love Cormier and I could not be rooting for him more. That being said, Daniel Cormier is minus 455 and Vulcan Ozmir is plus 300. Oof. Now, I don't know if you've seen Vulcan's last few fights, yeah. but his no time nonsense, his no time uh, nickname is not given to him lightly. He is knocking dudes out. So oh, no. at plus 300, I got to put my money on Vulcan. Okay. But my heart really wants Daniel to win. And I, I think Daniel has so much experience that he is going to be able to figure out a way to, uh, frankly, uh, and unfortunately, probably lay on top of Vulcan most of the fight. But, yeah. You know, that's not the most exciting thing in the world, but nonetheless, hey man, go get your paycheck and keep that gold and, and keep those keep those big wins coming. So that's where I stand with those two. What do you think? Well, let me tell you about Daniel Cormier. I had the privilege of seeing him live. I, I mean, I was right next to him. You know, I said hey to him in uh, UFC Kansas City a while back last summer. And let me tell you something. This guy looks small on TV. He is massive. He is huge. I don't know how he gets down to 205. He just looks like... A solid piece of rock. Now, I don't think I've ever seen him look bad against anyone. You know, Gustafson gave him a little bit of a run for his money, but I don't think I've seen him look bad against anyone not named John Jones. I think John Jones probably beats him every time, but I don't know that anyone else can beat him. Now, Uzdemir, if he touches him, it's probably lights out. And But that was the same thing with Anthony Johnson, and his wrestling won that fight, so... I think you're going to get your wish. I think Cormier is going to win. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that it's probably going to be from a layman's perspective, a quote unquote boring fight. Yeah. But, uh, I, for me, those things, I don't consider those fights boring. I, I find them interesting. I, but you know, I know a lot of people who are tuning in and, you know, paying their 60 bucks, just want to see blood everywhere. <laughs> I can't hate on that, but, nope. um, for someone, you know, if you're a little bit more in, into the sport and a little bit deeper in, I, I think the ones where there's a lot of ground ground game is uh, is interesting in its own way. Yeah. And uh, now here we go. Stipe Miocic versus Francis Naganu, who nearly knocked the life out of Alistair Overeem. That was one of the scariest knockouts I've ever seen. Whew. I mean, the way his head snapped back and the memes were crazy. It, someone did the... Uh, the ghost meme, you know, where his body was flying out of his body when he, with the uppercut. And, uh, you know, I thank goodness he's okay. I can joke about that. But uh, who do you have in this championship, the heavyweight championship fight? All right. Once again, <laughs> I, if I'm going to put my money on someone, I'm, well, I guess it's the same thing here. I, I would like – all right. I don't know. This one's a little different where it's not so much about the money. I – Part of me would really like to see Stipe win. I like Stipe a lot, especially watching him on like the embeddeds and on some of the other behind the scenes stuff. He looks like an overgrown teenager um, who just wants to go to, you know, Bass Pro Shop and buy all the toys and, <laughs> and screw around with them. And in my opinion, that's awesome. And I love Stipe and I love the story of a firefighter from the Midwest who's you know, I don't know if you saw the embedded uh, episode one for 220 that came out recently. What's that? I haven't seen it yet. It's you know, it's it's a lot of what you've seen from Stipe in the past, which is you know he he's using he's being made fun of by his wife that he bought a snowblower and he's never used it. So then he goes <laughs> out and he blows the driveway or whatever, and it's just it's very down to earth and it's very it's got a. a tinge of Americana for lack of a better way to describe it. So I love that American firefighter, you know, Cleveland boy. I, I really love that. Yeah. That, that being said, um, I wouldn't be mad if Ngannou won. I think that Ngannou winning might be the best thing for the UFC heavyweight division in terms of just staying power and interest from um, more, casual fans i he it's listen it doesn't even without 220 you can put together a francis nganu as they did for the promo you can put together a francis nganu um you know reel of his knockouts right it's just you look at it and you go how can i miss this fight i can't i can't not see when this guy fights it's crazy so i guess i'm slightly leaning towards miocic because i like him and i've known him longer yeah but i will not be mad if ngani wins and frankly i i don't know if you heard stipe on joe rogan's podcast but he basically dismissed ngani as yeah yeah he's cool but uh we'll see when he, when, he gets, when, he get, when he gets in there i'm taking i'm taking him down it's not that's, a big deal. that's it's over and i just oh, i don't know man he sounded a little too casual for me yeah i mean okay here's with stipe like number one he follows me on twitter so i i had to take that into account because clearly sure. he has a level of intelligence you know unmatched <laughs> You know, to other fights. This is before he got big. I don't even know if he still realizes he follows me, and I'm not going to remind him. So, uh, you know, that first time he went up against Junior DeSantos, you know, he got he got schooled a little bit. He lost those last three rounds. Had it been a, a three round fight, you know, he would have won that fight. And look at that second fight. Look how much crisper his boxing was. Look how he did against a world class kickboxer and Alistair Overeem. You know, but he still got touched. And if he gets touched early by Nanganu, wow, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody gets up, really. But like you said, he's a down-to-earth. I mean, he still works for the fire department. And uh, I remember when he first won the belt, he was literally out there at the fire station on the road with his belt around his shoulder waving at traffic. Yeah. And, it was, it was, and, and after, and I mean, his last fight where he got his leg just destroyed early and yeah. it was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go finish this right now, even though that wasn't the game plan. It's like, I love that. I just, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to be mad if Nganu wins yeah. and I'm a little worried with how casually Stipe is talking about this because Nganu is a terrifying human being. Oh my gosh. Me. 
I just, I would not want to be anywhere near that man with four ounce gloves on. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, did I you wouldn't see the be around with. He tweeted of his gloves, of his yeah. triple or quadruple XL gloves. It's yeah. like, those are the same weight as the ones Conor McGregor wears. Like, yeah. uh oh. If he had 40 ounce gloves, I wouldn't want to go against him. Like those novelty no. giant kangaroo looking gloves. No, I still oh, want no part of it. No, you couldn't pay me to let that man punch me in the face. That, that, I, I'm sure Stipe is making seven figures. I, I hope I'd so. still look at that and be like, I don't know, man. Let's let's talk about eight or nine figures. Oh man, that man is a goddamn beast. Not- and and the thing that's most terrifying about him to me is five years ago he was homeless. Like, are you telling me this man <laughs> stumbled into a boxing gym four and a half years ago? Yeah. I mean, how old is he? Where are we going to be in in three years? Even yeah. if he loses. I mean, is there any doubt in your mind that Francis Ngannou will have that belt around his waist at some point? Oh, there's, no. There's no doubt in my mind. Not, you know, unless he gets popped for roids or something like that. I'm not saying sure, he's on roids. Yeah. But, you no, know. Barring something unexpected, just in terms of he keeps tra- if he keeps training over the next course of the next 10 years, you know, he is yeah. still a young man, young-ish man. He is, he's got all the tools to be a champion, whether that's Saturday night or whether that's, you know, 18 months from now, I find it hard to believe that at some point he is not wrapping that belt around his waist. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. And let, let's not keep, let's not forget here. If, if Stipe wins, if he beats Nangano, he will have defended the belt more than any, uh, heavyweight championship or he- champion rather UFC heavyweight champion. Isn't that crazy? Is, like three times. Crazy to believe, especially when you consider that the heavyweight division was the first one in the yep. UFC. Yeah. So we're talking what? This is the 25th year. The 25-year 25, 25 anniversary is sometime in summer. So yep. in 25 years, no one's defended it three times. Right. That's nuts. It That's is nuts. nuts. That's just how crazy hard these guys hit, you know? And uh, yeah. and there have been some great champions, you know? I, I thought Lesnar got robbed a little bit with his diverticulitis, but then who knows what Roygey was doing now that all that kind of comes out a few years later. But Well, but, yeah, I mean, that's all. There's a big asterisk on you know, asterisks on a lot of this stuff, yeah. but you know, there's, there's the Uberim years and then there's the Overeem years. And, and <laughs> you know, by all, by all accounts, he's in the same testing pool as everyone else. And we saw, we saw him turn Overeem into a Pez dispenser. So I know look at, uh, well, look at Vitor, same deal. You know, Vitor looks yeah. vastly different, but that being said, I need to make my pick here. I am going to go with Stipe. I think he's, I hope he's just talking shit on TV and he's smart enough to, you know, to slip and stick and move and that kind of thing and to, until he catches him. But gosh, I mean, someone that hits that fast and that hard, I don't know how you, how you, how you defend that. How do you defend that? Even if your hands are up, I mean, Lord. Yeah. I mean, listen, Ngani is the favorite in that fight, at least from the betting lines. And yeah. it's, I don't agree with it, but I have a hard time arguing against it. It's kind of a lot like, you know, what we were talking about earlier with Adam and Ray. It's like, <laughs> I I don't really intelligently think that that's the correct answer, but how do you defend? How do you talk someone out of that? I mean, he's just Ngannou's just a goddamn beast. So I I look at the line and I go, well, that doesn't seem right. I mean, Stipe's looked golden. He's healthy, and you know he's got he's got the pedigree behind him. Um, but Jesus, Ngannou's just—it's hard to argue against that guy being a world beater. It is. It is, and like you said, he's going to be the champ sometime. If it's not, if it's yeah. not Saturday night, it's going to be. It's going to happen. It's a matter of time, in my opinion. He, I looked it up. He's only thirty-one, wow. so he's he's probably in his prime. But you know, if three years from now he'll be you know thirty-four and have almost twice as much training behind him. So, do you want to deal with a thirty-four-year-old Francis Ngannou <laughs> that's you know sixty-five percent better than he is today? No. I certainly don't. No, and he'll be. Even more, he'll be colder. He'll be more calculated, you know. Yeah. He'll be picking his shots. So we'll see, man. But but I mean, here's the question: if it, if it is Saturday night, if he does somehow figure out a way to take Stipe down, which I again no guarantee, but let's right. say he does, then what? Then then a Stipe rematch probably. Yep. But then who's coming for him? I mean, who's gonna who's really gonna offer him? A, a legitimate challenge. I mean, there's the guys that we've seen forever, but there doesn't seem to be another up and comer. It seems like no. he's kind of the only, at least with, at least with the hype behind him. Like I said, I mean, as referenced earlier, a lot of these guys on this card, I don't necessarily recognize, but like, is there another clear 
you know, five years from now, this guy's going to be the guy the way that Francis is now. No. I, just, I don't see it yet. Hopefully that, that changes because that's what the sport needs. But at the moment, I, if he were to knock Stipe off and then theoretically fight Stipe again and knock him off again, right. then it's he's just going to be sitting around knocking much older dudes out. Well, and I see that future. I see that Kane's trying to, he's, you know, showing flashes yeah, of himself I training and, and whatnot for that. But I, I'm not putting too much stock into it until we actually get some kind of announcement. It's great that he's in the gym. It's great that, you know, DC's out there yep. doing his media and talking about how great he looks. And I'm very optimistic, but that's excellent. But until we actually see some movement towards the fight, I'm, he's not really on my radar, but it's a fair point. He would be, I I would love to see Kane versus any champion because he, I think is still champion quality. At least last we saw him, but no, I hear, and I hear rumblings too. If, if Kane gets hurt again, um, you know, DC could make a run at heavyweight again. You know, I don't think it, that, that cut down to two Oh five is not very easy for him. And so, you know, if his, if his friend's out of the picture, why not? Yeah, which I would also love to see. I would love to see Daniel go up and, and you know, mess with some of the heavyweights. Yeah. But, you know, he – I saw recently at one of the, you know, pre-220 media days, maybe it was around 219 when they had all those guys out there, him say that he had no interest in it. But, you know, these guys – They say a they lot of shit whatever, on TV. They say whatever the hell they need to say to get a soundbite and have it show up on my Facebook feed. That's right. <laughs> all right, man, before I let you go, and I really – do appreciate you taking some time out of your day. I know this was kind of a short notice deal with, with all the snow day stuff going on around here and uh, super flexible. I appreciate that, but I'm not going to let you off here without making sure there isn't anything we didn't talk about that. I promised you we would talk about. No, I don't think so. Um, I, there's a couple things I, I would like to uh, tell you about that you have, you had no idea about, but in terms of stuff we talked about, I think we're good. That was fun. I really enjoyed for short notice or not, it's always fun to talk about fights. I, yeah. I don't have a lot of people who I can intelligently talk about them with. Um, you know, this, my reinvigorated love kind of started with our friend, my friend, real Nick Davis on Twitter, who, uh, who used to work at Corolla and is now overdoing big things at funny or die. Oh, um, wow. Cool. But when he left, you know, we still text each other or whatever, but it's, I don't get to see him every single day. So I don't quite have the, uh, there, there are guys here who like fighting, but not quite the way that you're informed or, uh, or Nick was. So it's, it's nice to be able to talk to someone who's informed about it. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, we're talking about sports in terms of new things coming. Um, you obviously listen to the Adam Carolla show. You've heard Jeff Cesario doing his Chet Waterhouse sports updates. Um, I can announce that on Thursday, there is a new podcast dropping called play with pain. Wow. Um, exclusively from podcast one. And it is a 34, the first episode is about 35, but they'll, and I'll, I'll be about that but with a little flexibility. And it is 100% Chet Waterhouse uh, in character, interviewing guests, talking about sports. He does a sports report at the top, and he interviews guests. Then he goes through a few other little segments, but uh, it's a really fun show. We recorded the first episode yesterday, and that will be every Thursday, Wednesday, coming from Podcast One called play with pain you can subscribe to that now on uh, itunes it's available as we speak uh the teaser is the new episode will come out tomorrow and then on thursday there's a new podcast coming out that is also sports centric although maybe skewing a little bit into other things that is called riggles picks that is hosted by comedian rob riggle and uh, i love that guy sarah tiana wow i love that guy he is hysterical yeah, he is uh, he's absolutely hilarious. There's no doubt about that. And he is surprisingly, well, surprising to me. I don't, I, I didn't know the man very well before <laughs> this, but uh, surprisingly well-informed about sports and very passionate about it. Um, big Kansas City Chiefs fan, so uh, tough hey. break for him last week. But uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a very fun show, and I think people are going to like it a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the exclusives, man. I'll make sure uh, I put that in the show notes and uh... – Again, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, my pleasure. Yeah, those are both uh, Podcast One exclusives. They'll be uh, heavily promoted coming up. I'm going to be promoting on my social media and stuff. But uh, yeah, this is the first place I've really told anyone about it uh, outside of just, you know, 
verbally to coworkers and stuff. So check those out if you're interested in sports and uh, see if you like them and subscribe and rate on iTunes. All right. And, uh, you know, I hope you come on again. I hope you definitely come on the MMA fight picks uh, as well as I get that going. I would love to. I'm this is probably the card that I know the least number of people on <laughs> in the last year or so. So uh, next time we come on, next time I come on, hopefully uh, be a little bit more mainstream and I'll be able to uh, speak a little bit more intelligently. Now for all the listeners out there, we planned this about a month in advance because we were both like, Hey man, this 220 looks great. There's your two championship fights. And I don't think either one of us cons- uh, considered really that there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, bigger, <laughs> a whole lot more bigger names. And then and I got to look at them. Like, we'll see. We'll do it. We'll get her done. No. Well, yeah, I mean, you and I talked about it, and it was like, well, 220 shaping up great. Hell At the yeah. time, you know, the, the title fights were announced, and it, it is shaping up great. And it, I never considered that most pay-per-views have, you know, four or five fights aside from the, the top one or two that I'm at least casually aware of the fighters. And right. this one just is a little different. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Considering the two title fights... That's worth my sixty bucks. Oh, I'm gonna I don't pay. Care. I don't care if you put up Matt Fondelier on the undercard. I'm still <laughs> the porcelain punisher. All right. <laughs> uh, well, what do you say we make a date for uh, UFC 223, where we can pick? Uh, obviously, we're gonna pick Ally Quinton to win that fight. But uh, absolutely. All right. But yeah, let's do it. That sounds like fun, man. All right. Cool. Well, hey, man. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. My pleasure. Have a great one. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. How about that? Uh, Gary Smith dropping us a couple of exclusives. Exclusives. Thank you to him. And uh, that's a wrap for this one. So on behalf of the Aaron Says What podcast, on behalf of MMA Fight Picks, until next time, shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Well, Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app will let you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple shows at no extra charge. Got a YouTube channel? Spreaker's got you covered. You can effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcast to Spreaker without losing any of your iTunes subscribers. Try any plan. Plan 30 days for free using promo code ASW.